Hey, everybody. Welcome back to The Millionaire Marriage. I'm Jeremy Gilliam with Taylor Kovar. And today we are going to be talking about legacy. Taylor, you're really passionate about this. So why don't you give us some of your thoughts about legacy for marriages, families? What does that look like? And what's the hope of the episode? Yeah. So when we're sitting down talking about potential episodes, this is one that I've been dealing with a lot in our newlywed class at church. I've been talking a lot with our clients about and our investment firm is really what is our purpose? Right? What's the purpose of our yeah. marriage? And, and we've discussed this a little bit on the podcast and in different situations. But I, I've been hit with this legacy here lately. What I want to be known for. Yeah. Right? At the end of the day, the Bible talks about it's better to have a good name than silver and gold. And so mm-hmm. like, what is that for us? And I've been challenging the, the young couples that we're working with of, hey, you're you're building this relationship. You're building this marriage. You're building this family. You're building this home. Why? Right? When, why? But what do you want other people to say about it? And so I had our class a few weeks ago. I said, all right, listen, I want you to write down what do you think someone says about you, right? When, when someone's in the public and they're like, oh yeah, well, you know, you know, Jeremy and Erica and somebody says, no, I don't. Who are they? What do they say about you? Right. What, 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 what do yeah, you think right. that they yeah. say about yeah, you? Yeah, yeah. Like, really, what do they say? And then what do, do you want them to say? Yeah. Right. Like if you give that script to somebody like, oh yeah, no, Jeremy and Erica are dot, dot, dot. What would you want them to say? And then we carried that forward to, you know, that's where you're at now. What do you want your kids or your grandkids to say, or your son-in-law and daughter-in-law, yeah. what would you want them to say about you? And it really all tied back to this legacy. And what are we doing on a daily, weekly, quarterly, whatever basis to build that legacy? Yeah. Time's going to pass either way. Yeah. Either way. Yeah. So this it, is interesting. And I think I've may mention this before. So for a long time at the college, I taught a class on stewardship. And part of that is just life management. And there's a book, and I think everyone should read it. I mean, literally, I think everyone should read it. It's called Living Forward by Michael Hyatt. The premise of the book is just what we're talking about. What do we want our life to look like? So he has an ex, so he he has like a whole system that you can use about managing your week and all those things. But then he has one like exercise that you can do where you write your own eulogy. So when you die, what do you want that eulogy to look like? So how do we know what people are going to say about us until we end up getting there? So it's so funny because that not funny. That is not funny, but there are like pre-written obituaries that famous people have. And so like when they die, you know, the news outlets already have all of their own information. So one particular comes to mind is Alfred Nobel. So long story short, he made a bunch of money by selling like explosives and things like that. So he made a ton of money. Well, he had a brother who died. Well, they ran Alfred's obituary instead of his brother's long story short of it is that he was going to be remembered as like the merchant of death. And he didn't like that. Yeah. And so when he died, he left all of his money to a foundation that we all know as the Nobel prize Mm. that highlights the best of humanity. And so the idea behind looking like, what do we want when it comes to marriage comes to family and you individually, See, he got the opportunity, which most of us don't, to see how people were going to remember him when they actually thought he died. Yeah. 
Most of us don't get that opportunity. So how can I leave something? And so writing your own eulogy is a powerful way to say, this is what I want to be remembered as. I want to be remembered as a loving father. I want to be remembered as X, Y, or Z, whatever it is. And starting with the end in mind, because like you just said, 30, 40, 50, 60 years is going to pass regardless of what I do. If I do nothing, that time is still going to pass. So how do I make the most of my life? How do I make the most of our marriage? How do I make the most of our family to ensure that at the end of the day, I've left something. I've left the world. I left my family better than when I found it. And I'd love to hear some more of your thoughts, but this is actually kind of like not a journey I've been on. Cause that sounds kind of, but like something that I've pondered. And I think we've talked about oh, yeah. it. Yeah. We've yeah. talked about a lot yeah. personally, like the two of mm-hmm. us together about purpose and meaning and what is all of this for? And so I think kind of going into that, even for your marriage, individually and your family is extremely important. Yeah. And I've, I've talked about here where, you know, one of the first questions we ask new clients is why are you working? And we kind of dive into that, but this legacy thing is just, it's been all over me these last few months as we have really looked and said, Hey, what do I want out of life? You know, what do I really want to be known for? Because all of us have different parts of life. You know, hey, I'm Taylor the businessman, I'm Taylor the dad, I'm Taylor the friend, I'm Taylor the board member, I'm Taylor the whatever, but what do I really want to be known as? And what am I doing to make sure that's what I'm known for? Yeah. You know, having a life on purpose. I mean, as we were talking off air about, you know, a recent mission trip that you went on, right? And and I've been on some in the past and we talk about, hey, like we'd love to do that more often because it really helps to get things in focus. Like, hey, this is... We really are blessed. Yeah. You, know, you go to these third world countries and you see the poverty and you see the pain, you see the hurt and you realize, man, like I have air conditioning, I have food, I'm not worried about where my next meal is coming from. And these are people who have never had a full meal. And so, you know, I think for us, it's really sitting down and say, hey, what do we want that to be? And I think a lot of it goes back to intentionality and, and we've discussed that a lot, yeah. but it really is. It's, we want to be intentional about the life that we're building. Absolutely. We want to be intentional about the kids that we're raising, the relationship Megan and I have. You know, so we've ever since we were first got married, date night's been a priority, yeah. always been a priority. And we were broke as a joke when we got married. I'm talking about broke. But even then it was like, hey, we will have date night. If that means, and gas was a lot cheaper back then, if that means <laughs> we're just driving for four hours, right? And we're picking up Taco Bell dollar menu. That's an expensive date night now. It is yeah. very expensive now. Yeah. I'm taking the golf cart now. But, yeah. Yeah. you know, what is making sure that we are intentional about spending time together? And, you know, we have some young marriage in our, our class who they have young kids and like, hey, we just, you know, we don't have the babysitters or we don't have family nearby or we can't afford babysitters right now. Sure. But they're intentional about it. You know, one or two nights every week or every other week, the kid goes to bed early and then they go sit on the back porch together right yeah. and, and there's no phones and it's just them reconnecting yeah. for that time and and i have other people say well you know we don't even have kids so every night's a date night yeah no like it it's a different mindset yeah. it's a different mentality it's a different intention and so when we talk about legacy you know we can talk about finance we can talk about reputation we can talk about you know inheritance and all kind of things but for me it's, it's a lot of that wrapped up you know what it really what is that legacy. Why are some people remembered and some aren't? Why? It's a question I've asked myself. You know, I I want to make sure that we're leaving a legacy 
individually and as a couple for our kids and future generations. Yeah. So I think for me, this kind of comes back to, especially, you know, recently did a trip to Haiti and obviously going to places like that kind of really, it brings everything into focus. But I think it also comes back to stewarding our marriage, stewarding my life, stewarding my family, meaning that God has, God has given us our marriage. He's given us our families, given us our kids, obviously stewarding our money, but it's making sure that at the end of the day, God's not going to say this, but I don't know. He might, but I would love to hear that. Well done. Thou good and faithful servant. But it's like, I'm glad that he had a life because he did something with what I gave him. Yeah. And keeping that in mind, like I, I am stewarding, I am managing everything I've been given. And I want to make sure that at the end of all of this, it's like, wow, I'm, I'm glad he was a person. I'm glad he was alive. I'm glad he did something with what he had. And so it's when it comes to leaving a legacy, there were a few things I, I wrote down. I think like there are obviously a lot of primary errors we can talk about. And I know you have some as well, but it's like you can leave a financial legacy. I think you should. We're all familiar with the proverb, a good man leaves an inheritance for his children's children. It doesn't happen by accident. No. It doesn't happen by being flippant with what you have. It's being very intentional. I think another area is a spiritual legacy. So that's one we don't think about very often. Yeah. That's all in the back burner when we talk about legacy a lot of times. I think that's as pertinent as the other as well is you so you look consistently through scripture and it talks about you know the god of abraham isaac and jacob right they, mm-hmm. they were very intentional there was a spiritual legacy that they were they were leaving and that they had they had been given and so kind of keeping that in mind as well when it comes to stewarding your life and then i think the, the third is like and this is going to sound odd so don't tune me out just yet but like an emotional legacy psychological, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Like I want to be remembered as somebody who was emotionally balanced, who cared deeply, who loved deeply. Does that make sense? It does. Yeah. That, you know, we see a lot of times and I've seen it and you've seen it. We have friends who, you know, grew up in a home where parents were dysfunctional. Sure. Hot headed, right? Well, that's yeah. just who they are. They're the strong, silent type. Yeah. And they, yeah. that, that carries over. And so even with our kids, like I had two loving parents. I love my family. I was, I've been very blessed as far as the birth lottery, as far as great yeah. parents, right? But they set a really good standard as far as an emotional standpoint for us. That yeah. hey, like at the end of the day, it's me and you, right? It's yeah. me and you for life. And yeah. so we're not going to let little things get in the way. Yeah, right? We're not going to let something little derail us for the day or the week or the month or our relationship. Like we know hey, I'm still going to be laying in the same bed beside you yeah. four years from now. Like, let's not let this be hanging over our head yeah. this whole time. And my parents did a really good job of that, of really showing us, yeah. right, what a loving marriage and relationship is. And so I love that emotional, yeah. emotional extent, and it's fantastic. Yeah, yeah, be, just being a well-balanced, well-adjusted person, leaving that for your kids, for subsequent generations. And this is something that we look at in therapy actually is you end up passing on to your kids 
who and what you are. Now I tell this to people, I, I, I teach classes on counseling and therapy and I, I say this and inevitably someone falls apart and someone is happy. But at the end of the day, you are 50% of your mom, 50% of your dad, you have their genes flowing through your body. And so we become more like our parents than we ever thought we would, especially when you're 16, you're like, oh, I'll never do that. And, never. Then, and then you're, you know, 30, you're going, hold on a second. Hold hold on. That yeah. sounded a whole lot like a whole more like, like my dad than I ever thought I'd sound. Oh, yeah. Or, and everybody says you end up marrying somebody like your parents. Yeah. You know, I was like, I'm never going to marry somebody yeah. like my mom. Right? I love my mom. I'm not going to marry yeah, somebody like right. her. And now my mom and my wife are like best friends. Yeah. And they're both, I, that one says, one's like, I was saying the exact same thing. I was thinking That's the same hilarious. thing. And then Megan was all like, I'm not going to marry an entrepreneur. Her dad owns several yeah. small businesses. And she did. And then, you know, she ends up with me where we've got a dozen of them yeah. spread around. So, but I mean, I think that's the thing though, is like, is you are going to leave again, that emotional well-balanced or not that just super dysfunctional. And my wife says it all the time and she, it's not a new to her. And I I don't remember where she saw this, but she said, I don't, the uh, the quote basically was, I don't want my kids to have to recover from their childhood. Mm. Right. That's good. And that means that I have to be well-balanced. I have to be well-adjusted. I have to be emotionally regulated. But then also, because I'm going to pass that down to my kids, they're going to they're gonna both see that and experience that, and then they're going to end up playing that out. But then check this out, because we we're talking about legacy. So if I become emotionally balanced, I become well-regulated and adjusted, right? I'm I'm able to navigate and manage emotions. That doesn't mean I don't have them, mm-hmm. but I'm able to navigate and manage the emotion I do have. My kids will see that. They'll become, we in therapy, we call it well-differentiated. So they'll be well-differentiated, meaning they, they will have the ability to know thoughts and feelings, know the difference between the two, and know where they end and someone else begins. And then check this out. So then they get married to somebody who, who is like them. Okay, I got backtracked for a second. I don't want to get too off topic, but you end up marrying someone that you are emotionally compatible with. So when you look at your spouse and go, well, my spouse is, this is, things get really funny. My spouse is over emotional. Well, you probably are just in a different way. Yeah. You end up marrying someone that you're emotionally compatible with, right? Because if you have somebody who's extremely well-regulated, they will not stay. Or they may, if they get married, they won't stay together with somebody who is extremely emotionally unregulated. It's intolerable. And so anyway, so kids see well-regulated parents. So they marry somebody who's well-regulated or that has the ability to control themselves. And then what ends up happening is they have kids and then their kids see that in their parents. And so what you've done as mom and dad, what you've done as husband and wife is you've fought battles so your kids don't have to. So they're seeing these two incredible human beings that they can model themselves after. And then they end up marrying somebody Yeah, right? That's yeah. like mom or dad. And then the process just gets strengthened. Now, obviously, I mean, people end up doing what they're going to do anyways. But the potential is so high that it ends up strengthening subsequent generations because you as, you know, Taylor and Megan had it together and then kicks and Cambry and Kesley saw that and they're like, hey, I, 
if I'm going to marry, we've talked about this podcast. Yeah. If I want to marry, I want to marry someone like mom or dad. And so then they end up, they do. Yeah. And then it influences subsequent generations. I like how you said, you know, you are fighting battles. So your kids don't have yeah. to. And I think Megan and I took that really seriously. And when we had kids was, you know, what do we want our kids to turn out as, yeah. right? Like I love my parents. I love my in-laws. They're all amazing people. But there's things that I would change, right? And there's things in my own marriage I'd change, right? We're always sure, working sure, on our marriage. Yeah, of course. Part of this is, you know, going to conferences and reading books Absolutely. and podcasts and stuff. But I want my kids to have a better life than I did. Absolutely. And that includes all of these different things. Yeah. You know, all of this. And so I want them to to see how mom and dad love each other. And I want them to see that, hey, church is a priority. And not just church, but our relationship with God is a priority, right? right? I, I think so often put this emphasis, like we say church a lot, but like, really it's like, I want them to have a relationship with God yeah. where they want to go to church. They want to right. be involved. They want to study his word. Like they want to pray. And so, you know, for us, it's really that, that spiritual legacy plays a big part. We tell people all the time, like, Hey, if you grew up going to church all the time, like it's so much easier for you to stay in church. If you marry someone that also grew up to church going all the time. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, Cause that priority is there. That mindset is there. Like yeah. for us, it's just, that's what we do on Sundays. Like, it's not a, hey, what are we doing Sunday? No question. Like, we're on church. Like, that's just on the books. What are we doing Wednesday night? Like, right. hey, no, we, have, we have church on Wednesday night. Like, that's that's what we do. Yeah. And we know before we go to bed, we're saying a prayer. And before we yeah. eat, saying a prayer. And we're doing things. And so that spiritual legacy, I think, really speaks volumes as far as, hey, what are you influencing for your kids? Yeah. What are you influencing for future generations and the people in the community that, that you may interact with? Do they know that you're building a spiritual legacy? You don't have to be pastor so-and-so to leave a spiritual legacy that's our job absolutely right our job that's the job of the yeah job of parents it is job of the parents and so leaving that spiritual legacy and you know we talk about financial and i think that's i think it's one that everybody wants to be able to leave a financial legacy and that's that obviously i own an investment firm it's what we we deal with day in day out so when you mention that i want to say if you're out there and you're like hey i don't have any money so i can't leave a financial legacy or we're already struggling to make ends meet I want you to know, like, it can be done. Like, I understand every situation is tough. Every situation, or most situations, can be tough. You may be going through a season where things are looking really dire. But if you can start the journey of, save a dollar. Save a dollar a week. Yeah. You know, if you just start that journey. So, like, with our kids, I did not grow up with money. We lived in a converted barn growing up. I mean, like, we were... There was more cows than people in our hometown. I mean, <laughs> cow patty fights in the pasture. Yeah. You know, like we lived on overtime. And so I knew like, hey, I wanted my kids to have a better start maybe when they were adults than than I did. And so we started when they were really little putting a back like a dollar a day. Right. And that's what we started with was, you know, a dollar a day or $5 a week or yeah. you know, whatever it was. You know, and Kix is now 11 and has more money in his savings account that we use for all three than most adults I know, sure. but it's because we started small and, and we would just add to it as we can. And so I'd encourage you no matter where you're at, whether it's spiritual, emotional, financial, you got to start somewhere. Absolutely. Just, just start. And I know it can be overwhelming when we talk about, Hey, let's sit down and write our eulogy, right? Sometimes, yeah. or let's sit down and say, we're going to be when we're 70, just take one bite. Right. So that's what I encouraged our, our newlywed class the other day is like, Hey, you know, there's a ton of things you can work on. There's all these podcasts, there's all this stuff. Just pick one. Like, I understand, like, hey, you may have seven areas in your marriage you need to work on, and yeah. or maybe you don't communicate at all, and you don't have sex, and you don't do, have date night, and you don't do this. Yeah. Just pick something. Pick one thing. And we said this in another podcast, time is going to pass. Yeah. The time passes either way. So pick you one thing that you can work on. Make that your focus for that week, that month, that quarter. 
and you two dive in together or you dive in on your end, you know, whatever you can do, just do something. Trying is better than not. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So tagging in with what you just said about just starting somewhere, and I, you probably know the statistic better than I do, but if I'm not mistaken, I think it's like 80%, maybe higher of millionaires are first generation. Yeah, it's probably higher than that. Yeah. yeah. I know it's a really high number. And so kind of what comes to leaving a financial legacy, right? I wasn't raised in a barn, like a converted barn, but I was raised in the hood. Yeah. I mean, like, have nothing. Like, my parents are going to leave me nothing when they die, but less than that. <laughs> I mean, really, I'll be, end up paying for their funeral. That's not a slap against my parents. I love my parents. But, you know, was raised with nothing, as a lot of people are. And so I think what can happen, though, is we get into that, especially when it comes to any, any one of these areas, mm-hmm. financial, spiritual, emotional, whatever the case may be, like we can start in very obscure, humble places. But if, and the statistic is true, if like 80, 90% of people are first generation millionaires, they all started somewhere. I agree. Taking that first step. So we do this in therapy with people. There's like a whole like theory around all blah, 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 blah. Anyways, but it's like small steps end up leading to big changes. Mm. And so, like, if, so what we do is we do, we call them scaling questions. So it's like on a scale of zero to 10, you know, where do you find yourself in whatever the care, you know, yeah. category we may be talking about? And they go, okay, well, I'm a, you know, I'm probably like a five. First question we ask is, why aren't you a three or four? Trying to elicit some strength, like, hey, you're doing good, but also you want to get better. We don't ask them then. So if we were going to go from a five, we don't say, no, what, what would a, what would a ten look like? We go. What what would a six look like? So if, if in the next mm-hmm. week you say if I go from a five to a six, what does that look like? Just taking that next step to ultimately achieving what I want to achieve. When it comes to leaving a legacy, leaving a good name, leaving something valuable for subsequent generations, it can be overwhelming when you go. Okay. I am X age. What do I want my life to look like at 70? Like for some people that can be, that can be really challenging because maybe they don't have great examples to look to. So then you go, okay, well let's break this down. What do I want to look like when I'm 30? Okay. Well, that's manageable. Then, so then you don't wait till you're 30, right? To go, what do I look like when I'm 40? What do I look like when I'm 50? What do these small steps look like to lead me to where at the end of the day, the world is going, I'm glad they were a person or my kids are going, I'm thankful that was my father. It's so funny. And this is is something so simple and it's so it's tongue in cheek. Right. But this is a couple of years ago. Bentley was like, he called me Jeremy for something. I don't remember what it was. And and, And I was obviously wasn't mad or anything, but I said, listen, I said, Bentley, I said, there's only three people on this planet that get to call me daddy. You, Audrey, and Kingston, you're the only people that get to remember me as daddy. And like, I want to make sure that that is something that they can be proud of. They can go, no, no, that dude was my dad. Like, he raised me. So it's just being, looking now going, when I die, what is Bentley, Audrey, and Kingston going to say? And are they going to be proud that that dude was my dad? See what I'm saying? Oh, 100%. You know, there was times growing up, 
and with all of us, no matter how you're raised, right, that you think you know more than your parents, yeah. right? And your parents are stupid <laughs> or you're, you know, you you know everything at yeah, 12 right. and yeah. they know nothing. And I knew growing up, like, my parents were always givers. and We lived on overtime. I mean, we yeah. were not looking back we were poorer than i thought even then right and so but i mean that that's that's life but i remember like after my dad passed away the outpouring that had came from the community of people that I, we didn't even know that he had helped you know like you know i deal with pride sometimes where i'm like hey you know i'm donating this like is my name gonna be on the sign you know like it's one of those <laughs> and that's definitely not biblical but it we, we had so many messages of like hey i just want you to know like your dad you know, he bought me lunch for a month straight at the mill, you know, one time after we got divorced and I had no money and like, you know, I was doing this or, hey, you know, your dad came and fixed our car for free, didn't even charge us for the parts just to be able to help us out and all these different stories. Wow. And I thought, man, you know, like growing up and even as a young adult, I was like, yeah, my dad, I mean, he's a mill, right? Works at the plywood mill. Like that's him. Like it's great. It's a, it's a good life for, for him. But, you know, we don't always put value sometimes, you know, our values are misplaced and it really to me afterwards like hey what am i what am i doing like what what legacy do i want and this all come about about with like the newlywed class a few months ago i was at a local restaurant and my dad passed away eight years ago and somebody paid for my meal and they had the waitress come over and gave me a note and was like on the back was like hey i knew your dad he was a great guy this is me passing along what he taught me don't know who the person is never saw them have no idea who they were and it was a packed restaurant and i was like wow it's eight years later eight years later and i i Obviously, I didn't know the person, but they wow. recognized me. But it was spoke volumes like, hey, what, you know, if my dad is leaving that legacy, what am I doing? And how can I be intentional to leave a legacy that speaks volumes yeah. like that in the future? And so Megan, I've really been on this journey, right? I use journey, yeah. but we're yeah. on this journey of what are we doing, right? Every day, how are we, you know, impacting the world around us? Yeah. You know, we may not can reach the masses right now. We may not have, you know, the stage with a million people in the in the audience, what are we doing and where we're at? You know, who can I touch today? Who can I be a light to today? Yeah. You know, at the drive through window, at the mall, at Walmart, wherever, who can I be a light to? And how is that going to affect their life and maybe change something they have going on? So this legacy thing for me is really, like I said, it's just been eating me because yeah. like, I want to, all my kids be proud. I want my kids be able to be like, hey, yeah. that is, that's my dad. I want all my friends say, oh yeah, no, Taylor, he's a good guy. Yeah. And so anyways, I'm, I'm kind of lost in yeah, that. No. But I, I want to put you on the spot here at the end all right taylor put you on the spot in like five sentences what do you want them to say when you die you know i want them to say that i loved god and i loved my wife and i love my kids you know that we do a lot in business and i would try to do a lot in the community i want people to say i was a good guy you know that, that he was one of the good ones yeah. right yeah, I, I don't know. I won't, I won't be able to get through it if I start yeah. talking. But, you know, I want everyone to know, like, I did my best to be a disciple. Yeah. You know, and, and I use this in our office, like, be the example. Yeah. You yeah. Know? Yeah. But, hey, yeah, yeah. if you fall, you can't arise. Right. Be the example of loving, yeah. a loving spouse, a loving parent that loves the Lord and loves the community and the world and people. And I use a lot, you know, only servants go to heaven. Yeah. Hey, Amen. I'm here to serve. Yeah. I'm here to serve. I like that. Wow. Everybody, thanks for joining us today. I hope you got a lot of value out of this. And if this is something you, you're contemplating, just start today. Start with that first step. What do I want my marriage to look like at the very end? What do I want my family to look like? What are my finances, my emotional well-being? And just take that first step today. And if you're listening to this, 
like and subscribe on our social media outlets and come back next week for more incredible content. See you guys then.